Well, good morning, Christ Journey Church. It's truly an honor to be here today. I'm so thankful to be here, to be totally honest with everyone in this room. You know, as I stand here, I can't help but to think of his goodness. And when I think about his goodness, just the sweetness that God is pouring in, especially as I'm looking around. Ryan alluded to this. This is the first time I'm speaking, but not in this room. Because a year ago, I had an opportunity to speak right here on this platform. But it was not like this at all. Because as I was speaking in this room, there was not a body in here. I was literally alone. And for it being my first time, I literally had the enemy attacking me in every way possible. And maybe a year ago, you could find yourself in different situations where you felt attacked by the enemy. Or maybe this past week, maybe in the past 24 hours. But we're constantly looking for his sweetness and all that we do. So I want to kick off this morning talking about his sweetness. And we're going to go straight to the book of Psalm, uh, chapter 34. Because I know we're entering his room, we're entering his house, his space with other distractions. So I just want to refocus on him. It starts off by saying in verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. You know, I can stand here and feel really secure about that verse. And it's not only because I've tasted that the Lord is good, but I've also seen him in action. And this is post-lockdown, post-2020. Yeah, we're in 2021 and we carried over some things, right? And there are other things that are being sprinkled into our lives as we go. Other problems, other sour moments that are coming in. And you know, our world literally is great at cre creating lemons, right? If you think about it, this lemonade of a world naturally creates sour fruits. It naturally creates sour things that we put in our, in our drinks. But the reality is that God comes with his sweetness to overpower that. But we, we have to choose to focus on that. You know, as I was talking about standing here alone, I couldn't help but to think pre-message what I normally do. I normally get pumped up in his worship just like Jenny pointed out a little while ago. That's what gets me going in his spirit. And that day as I stood here on the platform, I had my headphones on. Worship wasn't doing it. I went back to scripture and I'm trying to find verses. And the first one that pops in my head, I mean, it's pretty ironic where two or more are gathered. I'm like, I'm in an empty space. But it's God's reminder where it's like, you're not alone. I am here with you. But I'm still looking for something else to fill me at that moment. And I just can't feel God. And everyone around me is... You know, talking through the speakers like, hey, are you okay? Are you good? And I'm just giving the thumbs up. I'm actually feeling a little numb at this point because of everything that is happening. But I know God's called me to do one thing, to step on this platform and give a message. And at that point, I had many thoughts. And I believe in our lives, these thoughts come up in different situations. Thoughts like, you know what, I just can't do it today. Find someone else. Thoughts like, you know what, this isn't for me. I just give up. And the final thought that I just sank into is God... You called me up here. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to give it my best as long as I know I am honoring you on this platform. As long as I can fully remove myself from this message. And maybe you can't find a connection in any of these points because this is something personal for me. But these moments that I am talking about are my Matthew 6.10 moments. And if you don't know that verse, that literally is the verse where I'm just in prayer and I'm saying, God, let your kingdom come. 
Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because I just can't no more. Father, I'm at a point where I cannot take on anymore. And at those points is when I have tasted and seen his sweet glory. Here's some examples beside the platform. You know what? Church closed down. Sour thought, how are we going to do church now? Well, God prepared us in advance because he gave us church online. The other sour thought that started stirring in, I'm like, man, how are we going to connect with this community? Like, God, I love your people. I want to be with your people. How are we going to do it now? And that sour thought would creep in. It's not the same. It's not the same. And I just looked up and smiled. I couldn't even tell you when, but I just remember saying, God, you're right. It's not the same. Because as we were doing church online, the Dengia, the Dengia home, our household, became a campus. It became an extension of Christ's journey as we invited others, as we connected right there and started doing more devotionals and praying together and just trying to see where God is leading us as a family. So in our sourness, we're seeing God work through wonderful things. We're seeing him do a lot of things. And like I said, these are still personal. But how about we go to some general examples? Because my strategic bet is that in the past year, you have at least faced one of these problems or, or know someone that has faced one of these problems. Actually, I believe in the past week, you may have or someone you know may have faced one of these problems. So here's the list. The first one, death of a loved one. Health struggles, financial burdens, family structure, hardships, spiritual battles, emotional challenges, relocation or transition. I could stand up here and say several of those I have experienced in the past 24 hours. And I still choose to look for his sweetness. Because I know that these sour moments, these sour moments are from the world. Is the enemy's trap to just get us away from God and away from his reality. But God always has a way to bring us back. Because I don't know how you felt at these moments. As you looked at that list, how did you experience those sour moments? Did you add more sourness into the lemonade of the world? Did you add more of his sweetness and goodness? I only ask that because our sour experiences, if we just rely on this world can get sweet, but that sweetness is truly an artificial flavor. That's the way I look at it. This world taught me that money was important, power was important. Those are artificial flavors. Because as soon as that's removed, where am I? I'm still looking for the sweetness in my life. But what God does is that he takes every individual, willing or unwilling, and he begins to use them for his purpose. What I love about scripture is that story after story is not only relevant, but also teaches us so much about our experiences today. We can even connect with some biblical characters. I don't know if you connect with any, but I'm going to tell you mine. I connect with Moses. Yeah. And I'm sure some of you are wondering why I don't even know you. Well, number one. I never thought my speech was very eloquent, right? But God's using me. He's called me to speak. Many times I'm like, God, send me that Aaron. I need him. I need someone to speak. But God calls me to do this. 
So I relate to Moses not only because of that, but because of the struggles he faced in his life. But he also has inspired me. In this season, I've just spent so much time in Scripture, and especially in the past three months just in the book of Exodus. And I've seen so much hardship in Moses' life. And what I love is how God starts working from the beginning. Because the same river that's supposed to take Moses' life will give him life. What happens is that at the time when Moses is born, there's a decree. Literally, the Pharaoh has said that every child that is born male should be killed at birth at the river. Imagine that. But this Hebrew woman, Moses' mother says, you know what? I refuse. I refuse. And she puts him in a a papyrus basket, which is literally a waterproof basket, and sets him on float. See the sour moment? That river was supposed to take his life. But now it's providing him with life. And God would continue to do this in Moses' life. Because once he floats down that river, he's actually found. And the person that finds him is actually someone that is a part of the Pharaoh's um, household. And they take him back and raise him like royalty. Like he was supposed to die and now he's being raised like royalty. But you know what happens is that as he's being raised like a Pharaoh, he knows the reality that he comes from Hebrew descendant. So Moses has this in his heart. He knows what has been happening to his people. And later on in his life, Moses gets so sour because of what's happening to his people, the slavery, the depression, the way they're being suppressed to not be able to do anything. They're being forced to do things that they shouldn't do. That goes against their will. But Moses is so disturbed by what he's seeing. And there's one day where this um, Egyptian guard is literally beating a Hebrew slave. And instead of going to God's sweetness, he sinks into his sourness. And it drives him literally to kill that person. And most of us would think, God ain't going to use him. No, God still uses him. Because even after that, he runs away in shame. He goes off to Midian. He falls in love. God uses that. Because he marries the daughter of Jero, uh, of Jethro, one of the daughters of Jethro. And the beautiful thing there is that this is when we start seeing God actually become present in Moses' life. Why? Because this is the first time that he'll speak to him. After all of these situations, God's presence will literally be in front of him in the form of a burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. And I bring this up because this verse to me speaks about God's sweetness. If you don't believe me, let's read it together. It says, to return the Israelites to a land flowing with milk and honey. So what God is promising Moses at this point is that I, your father, will help you and the Israelites go to a land flowing with milk and honey. That is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. That's like homemade leche condensada. If you don't know what that is, that's condensed milk. That's the sweetest thing I've ever tasted. That's what I'm hearing here. See, what Moses does is that he is constantly reminded that in in order for me to overcome, in order for me to step forward and be able to move in life, I need to be close to his sweetness. And we discover this as we go through Exodus. And especially, I love this one interaction that Moses has with our father in Exodus 33 that just reveals more truth about this. And we're going to start off in verse 12 because... 
In the Exodus story, we see many things as the nation has made so many decisions. After God has literally brought them through so much stuff, they still continue to make decisions to idolize, to put other things before God, as simply as I could put it. And this is where we find Moses right now. He's been through everything in his lifetime. He's helped these people come out with God ahead. And we pick up in verse 12 where it says, You have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name. You have found favor with me. But if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. See, what we're doing and what we're seeing here is that Moses is literally going back to the Holy Sweetener. And he's not pleading on his behalf. That's not what Moses is doing. He's talking on behalf of the Israelites. He's speaking on behalf of everyone. He is seeking to understand. He is seeking for support. It continues to say in verses 14 through 19, and I'm going to go through this all at once, where it says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you come with us? What else would distinguish me and your people from all the other on the face of the earth? And then the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. Because I am pleased with you. And I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I know this verse is loaded with a lot of different things. But up to this point, Moses has gone through a lot, not only as an individual, but as a leader. Moses has gone through a lot. He has led righteously. He has made decisions to follow God. But he has also made decisions to sweeten his own lemonade of a world by making choices that would separate him from God. But the reality is that no matter, no matter what choices he made, God was still using him. God was still giving him a purpose. What I took from these verses, especially in verse 14, in verse 14, my first reminder is that we have to choose him. We have to choose his sweetener. And if you're asking why, well, because he gives us rest. See, when I go at the world trying to figure out how I can sweeten my cup, there's a lot of times I mess up an ingredients. There's a lot of times that I'm missing what God has called me to do. There's a lot of times where I've lost a job and have been totally upset or have felt wronged because I lost that job. Or have even had thoughts of how am I going to support my family. There's so many things that creep up. But my actions after is either to rely on God or to make decisions to try to make money in whatever shape, way, or form. We have to make choices either to, to sweeten this lemonade of a world or to make it more sour. And one of the ways that we're reminded through the New Testament is in the book of James. 
where it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. See, his presence is over us. That's what we're reminded about in Exodus. Not, not only is it over us, but it goes ahead of us. And why does it do all of that? Why does the spirit move around like that? Because it provides us with rest. As he comes near to you, as you're seeking him. The second reminder that I've gotten from Moses and the story and just the different struggles and the way that God has utilized him is that out of his obedience, he would make choices to seek and follow him. But when you don't know what else to do, when you are at those moments that you're pleading, when you're looking around at the rest of the world like, what are my next steps? When all else fails, look up. Just go to God. Because there are going to be moments that we're going to look around and everything else is going to fail us. But he's not going to fail us. He's going to give us a purpose in those moments. The way that Moses represented it in these verses was by saying, God, if your presence is not there, then I don't want to go there. Father, if you're not leading me there, I don't want to go there. He was listening to the father's voice because he did not want to be distracted by the noise of the world. Instead, he wanted to make choices that would enrich the flavor of this lemonade of a world. See, the bottom line is that our father's mercy and compassions is always with us. And he's with us, making our lives sweeter. See, his mercy and compassion will be with us. It will be in front of us. It would be all around us. His name will be proclaimed through us. It doesn't matter what we think we can or cannot do. I'm going to repeat that. It does not matter what we think we can or cannot do. Because you know what? I stood up here this morning and I've been battling all morning because I'm like, God, I just can't. And his reminders are, yeah, you can because I'm with you. Not only have I been with you every other moment, but right now I'm still with you. And another thing, you know, that creeps up is, God, I'm not perfect. Ooh, that comes hard. God, I'm not perfect. Why me, Lord? And I look at Moses and I say, he wasn't perfect. I look at a lot of people in Scripture and say they weren't perfect. But God used them because they made a choice out of obedience to step out in faith and allow God to sweeten their life. So even if God didn't choose you, even if you feel like God didn't choose you, remember that you are one of his chosen ones. Because this world, what they constantly, like the world, what it wants to teach us is that life is sweet when I am in control, right? It's like, man, life is sweet because I know that I can make extra money by staying overtime. You know what? I know life is sweet because when this goes wrong, I can just make these choices. You know, I've tried to sweeten my own cup with alcohol, with women, with money, with all these things. But God would eventually show me that none of that is the official sweetener. God would show me that those are just things that this world is trying to utilize to pull me away from the true sweetness of God, from his true glory. And that's when the reminder and the truth kicks in. As the world is telling you, life is sweeter when I am in control. God is saying life is sweeter. Life is sweet when I am is in control. When losing a job becomes a life-changing opportunity. When you being sick becomes an opportunity for others to see the strength that you have because of his power. 
Life change happens when you decide to add that sweetener and distance becomes something that God uses as a tool. When distance between you and a loved one, when someone passes away, becomes a reality that they're closer to God. And those are the moments that I can get closest to God. Every opportunity that we have in this world, every opportunity is to make a choice on how we can sweeten our lives. And I know I've been using this metaphor of eliminate. And the reason why I use it is because, one, not like the modern-day lemonades that we find, like the strawberry lemonade and all that, but the original ones were normally made with some type of sweetener, right, some water, lemons, or limes, depending what type of uh, lemonade you like. But I know personally, on a hot day, I do not enjoy a sour drink. I always end up with like a bitter taste on my face, right? Literally, that's what happens to me when I go at life without God. When I go at life without God and I'm just relying on these lemons and limes, I just end up with a bitter face on at the end. The reality is when I've added the sweetener, and I don't know what sweetener you like, but after what I heard, leche condensada is going to be my sweetener. And the reason why I say that is because as I add that sweetener into my lemonade, right, if it's leche condensada, let's just use it for this moment. Some of you may be cringing on that. But as I use the leche condensada in my lemonade, it doesn't only alter the taste. It also alters the look of that drink. Because that leche condensada is white, right? And what it does, it creates a milky haze in my favorite, favorite lemonade. It gives it such a different flavor. And for some people all around the world, this is a common drink for them. But the reality is anytime I remove that leche condensada and I put Splenda or I put regular sugar or cane sugar, it's not the same lemonade. It's not the one that fills me. It's not the one that gives me rest, not the one that refreshes me, not the one that gives me mercy and compassion. The one that does that for me is the one with leche condensada. But the world wants us to know or really to look at these things and respond at these sour moments in life by just getting away from God. But these are the moments that we have to get closer to him. We have to make choices to choose his holy spirit his holy sweetener because he has an opportunity to turn everything around in our lives. So I don't know what kind of sour thoughts you've come in here today with. I don't know what burdens you've come in here with today. But I know you have them. And if you don't have them right now, I know you will have them. Because our world, our world's working against us at times. But that's why we're here. Because every individual that's in this room over at Kendall on Church Online has an opportunity to be the sweetness that this world needs right where they are. Whether it's with a kind word, a kind action, to be like Christ wherever you are. So I'm going to leave you with this last question as we close today. During the hard times in your life, what's going to be your choice? Are you going to go to the sourness of this world? Are you going to choose his holy sweetener as he fills your life with mercy and compassion? Will you all pray with me? Father, 
I just thank you, Lord. Father, that you've just given us an opportunity, every single person, to just make a choice out of obedience to follow you or not, Lord. That you've given us a chance in our sour areas, in our sour thoughts, to approach you. Father, without Christ, without your Holy Spirit guiding us, I don't know where we would be. But I know that your sweetness has entered this world, Lord, to give us a purpose, to give us direction. And I pray that today your spirit is working through all of that, Lord. As we've entered your home, as we've entered your house, I just ask that we leave overfilled, overflowed like our students, Lord, with your spirit. So that we can continue just to sweeten this world with you in front. Father, and for some of us today, we made a decision, Lord, where we've decided we just want to sweeten our cup. We want to sweeten this lemonade of a world. And we're doing that by accepting your son, Lord. And Father, if anyone has made that decision today, I just thank you because that could not be possible without you. And we know, the Lord, that if we say it from our mouth, we feel it in our hearts that we too are saved. And right now, for those of you, no matter where you are, if you're here in this room, if you're on church online, over at Kendall, you can repeat this out loud or just say it in your mind. But just repeat after me. Father, I'm broken. And today, I make the choice to follow you. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on my behalf for all of my punishments. He took on the weight of sin so that I can have life with you. And today, I make my choice to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you've given us. Amen. 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 If you've said that prayer today, if you're in his house with our eyes closed and our, and our heads bowed, I would love to take this moment, if you're over at Kendall, if you're here at Coral Gables, just raise your hand, let us know. No one else is looking but our pastors. If you're online, on church online, there's a button you can click. But just let us know if you've made that decision today. Well, Father, just thank you, Lord, for the hands that have been risen, for the words that have been proclaimed, Lord. And just for your truth that you've given us. That today, Lord, we could stand on the hope that Jesus Christ gave us a purpose. That your spirit is leading us. And Father, ultimately, that you're always going to be with us. Father, may I make the choice. May we make the choice to follow you every day of our lives. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray.